Welcome to episode seven of the Adult Learning Hub podcast for global educators of adults who find themselves in a new world of work. I'm Jane, and I'm glad that you're here. Let me tell you about my guest for today. Laura Wilkes, who is originally from the UK, but currently lives in the beautiful city of Lucerne, Switzerland, is the Director of Teacher Training for EF, or Education First Teach Online, where she leads a team that supports online teaching centers worldwide with training, resources, and quality assurance for online teachers of adults from their first day and beyond. I wanted to sit down with Laura in this episode of the Adult Learning Hub podcast because she's a powerhouse in her own right, and she's deeply passionate about enriching online learning experiences for adults through the use of multimedia such as videos, podcasts, online tools, infographics, and so much more. In her free time, she can be found interviewing other educators in the language education industry in her own podcast, TESOL Pop. It focuses on sharing information, inspiring ideas, and practical tips for language teachers specifically. So a little secret between you and me, this is her first experience being interviewed herself for a podcast. So the tables have turned. <laughs> I'm so glad she took the plunge with me in this episode for the Adult Learning Hub. In our discussion, she reflects on her career to date as a practitioner in the online learning space leading teams through tremendous organizational change when moving a course fully online and managing some rather tricky conditions at the same time. She even offers us some vital tips for educators teaching adults online in today's day and age. Cozy up, grab your favorite beverage, and let's get into it. Laura, thank you so much for joining me today. So tell us your story about what sparked your career in working with adult learners and teaching online. So. Although I started my career actually teaching adults initially, I was teaching ESL in a new university. I didn't really circle back to this seriously until a few years later into my career when I discovered teacher training. And I really have a mentor, um, Jill Crawshaw, to thank for this because she was an excellent academic manager and regional trainer. And she was the one who really supported me in developing training and stepping into that role. Imagine a lot of teacher trainers and educators like myself probably have somebody who's quite significant in their career who influenced them, supported them. And I definitely have that person to thank. And you asked me about the online component. So when I was actually stepping into the regional trainer role uh, for EF at the time, I already inherited like some online courses. So there was a phonology online course that incorporated video that teachers could study at their own pace in their own time and also come together for face-to-face -face sessions. So it's kind of a blended approach. I'd experienced this as a trainee prior. And so I already saw the potential that online learning could offer. And that was really impactful for me because I was able to take that blueprint and expand it to develop other courses, such as like the teaching vocabulary course, the reflective practice course, and build on that and move on to a learning management system. And it kind of took root from there, having experienced it as a trainee myself initially. I understand you were working in Hong Kong in 2019, and you were involved in moving a Trinity Cert TESOL course fully online, which is a massive undertaking, especially with what was happening in Hong Kong at the time. Tell us about this. Um, if you cast your mind back to 2019 in Hong Kong, there was a lot of political unrest prior to obviously COVID closing down and affecting a lot of businesses. The political arrest was affecting transport. There's questions of safety and 
thinking about where the training center was based, right in the middle of Hong Kong, really busy area, there came up the question of, is it safe to go into the office for students and trainee teachers and staff to be commuting in with all this uncertainty that was happening with protests? So one week into the full-time course, the most intensive course for staff, students and trainees, we made the call to, to move everything online to basically keep the show going. And I think in that situation, people may say, well, that's a bit of a risk, isn't it? But actually the bigger risk would be to postpone the course and not know when you're going to resume services. So actually taking the opportunity and taking the challenge to do something that we already were kind of doing, we're doing stuff online, components of it, and just to take the plunge was a great opportunity and actually a lower risk in comparison to not acting and potentially postponing to an unknown date when you can continue services. So when planning a large scale project like this, and given the stressful times that you were obviously in, there's a number of contextual factors and priorities that you had to manage all at once. So how did you go about this? Before you can take any action, it's important to obviously get stakeholders on board. So in this case, obviously talking to the company owner, talking to Trinity College London directly, and the staff, the the fellow teacher trainers about, this is what we want to do. This is how we can do it you know, are you on board? And to make sure that everybody's got that buy-in and they understand the risk that you're, you're taking on and what the outcomes you hope to achieve. And then second step was to kind of outline, okay, what needs to be done? The students need to go online. So who's going to take care of that and train the students how to use Zoom and how to navigate the Zoom classroom? Okay, that's going to go to uh, Amanda and Farah and they're going to deal with that. Um, who's going to help change the workshops for teaching skills and put them into online Zoom Class, uh, classes and workshops okay uh, Sean and Kevin are going to do that and who's going to be like coaching the teachers and telling them about this change okay me and Claire will do that so you have to break down all these responsibilities who's going to do it and what timeline you're going to work to and we had to work obviously incredibly fast and thirdly it's also communicating to the teacher trainees themselves about this change and giving them the option actually we gave them the option like we can continue your course but we're going to move everything online and we're going to support you and we believe you can do it we believe we can do it so let's do this. Otherwise, you can obviously postpone your course to a later, a later date when we can resume normally. What do you want to do? And incredibly, all the trainees who, you know, these are entry level trainees. They're, they're new to the classroom. They'd only taught a few face to face classes and they're practical by this point. They all said yes. And they all moved online. And it was incredible. And actually, as the weeks followed, as we came to the final week of the course, we had the option to go back into the center and resume face-to-face and go back to face-to-face teaching. And actually they all said, no, actually we prefer the online. In one of our earlier conversations, you told me that this was a really transformative undertaking for you as a practitioner, as an adult learning professional. What were some of your biggest learnings that you might like to share with others who might be in a similar position in their organizations as far as managing change? I think it really confirmed for me that to achieve things like this, when you're under immense pressure, it's a large project, you need a team and you, you need a great team. And I, I obviously had an amazing team who trusted each other, worked really well together and were not afraid to voice their concerns as well. I think that leads to my second point, create spaces for people to raise their doubts, raise their concerns and really shake up an idea, really let it have those criticisms because it will come out better at the end of that meeting and you have a better plan that's much more robust so you know you don't want group think in these situations you want diversity of thought you want diversity diversity of 
voices coming into these kind of projects so that you don't overlook something that could potentially mean that it doesn't go right. Um, I would say thirdly, also creating a safe space where, you know, we're going to try this and it's okay. We may fail, but that's okay. We're going to learn from this. At least it's going to be a learning experience and making sure that you have communicated that and you have that sense of trust and they have that trust in you that if it doesn't go so well that well that's okay then isn't it at least we tried it as you know laura in the adult learning hub we see experience as being one of the greatest teachers for us as educators of adults let's say you could get a group of us together in one room can you tell us what we might need to know to have a rewarding career teaching online nowadays and what advice or insights might you share So my tip number one would be to engage in conversations about online learning. So attend that online workshop, watch that that video on social media about the five new technologies or have that virtual coffee with a peer in your network. This will really help you to stay up to date with what's happening, as well as inspire you with new ideas on how you can use existing technologies or similar technologies that you already have uh, in your online courses or whatever um, space you're in. So for example, I attended Joyce's workshop the other day um, on the Adult Learning Hub and she used Slido in her workshop. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. I'm so inspired. I've not used Slido before. I've used something similar, but Slido had some other features and I just love the way she used it. So I'm actually going to be using it in the coming weeks in my training sessions um, at EF. My second point would be Be selective in the technologies you choose. So review what the technology does, um, how you can use it, how your learners can use it, how it impact the learning you have planned and things like, is it accessible for your learners? Particularly if you have learners with additional learning needs, is the text, uh, for example, easy for them to see? Is other colorings appropriate? Consider all these things. So it can be quite exciting when a new technology is released, like maybe it's a a flashcard generating app or something like that, but really peel back those layers and question how can it fit into your curriculum, your scheme of work, and whether it's suitable for the learners or trainees that you're you're working with. If you can, wherever possible, trial using a technology before you commit to investing money in your time. And it's always great if you can get feedback from your learners or trainees in that process to see if it is the right fit for what you want to do. Um, I guess related to that, then my third tip is don't get distracted by shiny new tech. There's lots of new things out there. Stick to trialing a technology for a while while you're training your learners and use the opportunity to reflect, get feedback and make informed decisions on how you use it and if you're going to use it going forward. It can get a bit nerve wracking sometimes because when you meet other peers, they may be using lots of different things that we like, oh, I've not heard of that. Oh, I feel a bit behind. Actually, you know, really peel back those layers. What does the technology do? Do you already have something that's slightly different, slightly similar, that's doing the same thing? Uh, Yeah, just just be kind of wary of that because there's always obviously new releases and new things coming in and you really need to cut through the noise and make sure it's a good fit for you. Take your time to train your learners or trainees on the technology you're using. So you may have like the best suite ever, but you don't need to overwhelm them by using every single feature in that classroom or every single supporting technology that you're wanting to bring into that classroom. Make sure you like plan carefully what you're going to use and how you're going to train them on using it into your scheme of work. So an example of this, going back to 
training students to go online back before, you know, pre-COVID and getting them comfortable in that online space, I wouldn't be using absolutely every single feature of the Zoom classroom unless I've got them comfortable with it. So the first part was getting them comfortable with breakout rooms and using the chat function. Later on in the following week, I showed them how to use the uh, share screen function and the, the drawing tool. And we gradually, gradually built on that. Just because learners are using phones and engaging in social media doesn't make them digital natives. That's a complete uh, false ideology that's be, been debunked by lots of other authors. I don't need to go into that, but it, it doesn't mean that they have digital literacy skills to be able to do things in an educational settings. So you need to take time to invest in showing them how to do it and getting the confidence in doing it um, as you integrate these new technologies into your space. And again, don't feel like you have to use all of them. That will overload them. Uh, finally, I guess my fifth point is we, we live in this wonderful world of technology and online spaces. It's very exciting, but take breaks from it. Like do things away from the screen. Just because you have a 60 minute session doesn't mean you have to stay sat in your seat, glued to the webcam, staring at a screen. Really, please don't. In fact, you, you probably will exhaust yourself and your trainees or learners if you do so. So think about spaces away from the screen within your sessions. Maybe there's a space where you get learners to step away and do some reflective writing or drawing or something like that while you play music while they do that in breakout rooms with their videos turned off. Or maybe you take a, um, some time to ask them to look around their location to locate something that represents a part of them that you want them to do a show and tell for. So integrate that into the online space, times away from the screen, times for movement and doing things that doesn't mean that you're constantly just glued to your webcam, looking at something on a PowerPoint deck. Um, in fact, I think that can overwhelm and, and not really vary the pace for your learners and also given that screen break that they probably really need to. Laura, thank you for our discussion today and sharing some of your learnings in your career, especially in managing change and teaching online. There's some really valuable insights there. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. For any listeners interested, Laura has created an info sheet based on our chat today, which goes into more depth on her tips for teaching adults online. If you want to get your hands on a copy, you can go to theadultlearninghub.com and become a member today. It's free to explore while you check out and you get to experience our vibrant, close-knit community of adult educators from many different walks of life. Together, we are more confidently navigating a new world of work. So take the plunge like Laura did and come and check us out. Have a great day. Bye.